It's so good to be back with you uh, and have a little conversation with our pastors this morning. And uh, thank you so much for your kind responses from our uh, conversation uh, last Sunday. We, we just, we get to kind of let it all hang out and a little more casual than a stand up and preach thing. But what a, what a cool opportunity to sit and visit. And again, I really appreciated the comments and the uh, warmth that came back through social media, through text and through uh, uh, email. I mean, I had emails almost uh, right away. It was, it was super cool. I mean, it was just kind of cool the way, the way that worked out. So um, it, it's funny how the email tracks and trends. And there's times where uh, I'll, if I preach on a certain topic or uh, preach with a certain uh, nuance, I'll have an email before I get home from church uh, in, in normal times. Uh, if I get home from church a quarter one or so, uh, I'll have an email. And I know you guys have that too. You'll, you'll have an email and you'll look at the thing and go, oh man. Uh, but uh, this morning, we're not going to talk about... Uh, the necessarily the encouraging emails is it's the emails that come as a result of trying to love our neighbors and sometimes we do a really good job of that and sometimes it's really hard and we're going to delve into that a little bit today and uh, think through that um, but before we do I'd like to offer a word word of prayer thank you Lord for Mondays and for an opportunity to, to reset as pastors uh, Mondays are tough days because uh, work so hard throughout the weekend and I thank you for my brother pastors who carried the ball this weekend uh, for me in some cases and uh, just rejoice in the ability to do that, to love one another and to be a neighbor pastors uh, to one another as well. So we pray that you'd visit us in our time together here in our, in our auditorium. We'd love to see this uh, place filled with a praise band and singing and uh, just Pastor Mike's dynamic preaching. Uh, we look forward to that day. Uh, but this morning, we have an opportunity to sit and visit about loving our neighbor. And so we pray that you would uh, both oversee and guide the conversation that we have. And bless us all as we partake in, uh, in your word and in this conversation. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the scripture that kind of guided some of my thinking this morning was from Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Uh, Jesus is getting to the end of his ministry and they... People are coming to trap him in his words. Gentlemen, we've all preached on this. We've, we've got it kind of figured out. And, and this is uh, Matthew 22, 34 to, oh, verse 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Loving God and loving self. Uh, Pastor Mike, you did such a good job last week. You went vertical and horizontal on us. I, I just think that's such a helpful, helpful visual, visual piece. But... As we think a little bit about where we're at, where our country's at, where our church is at, where Orange County is at, um, why, why is being a neighbor so complicated? I mean, Jesus handles this. He, he brings the Ten Commandments down into just two pieces. Why is it so tough? It's hard now. We, we have these warring uh, people trying to influence political uh, parties, telling us how to behave towards others. But... The natural state of things hasn't changed, which makes uh, the answer has never changed either, which is Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and restoration. Amen. 
I love, I love our mission statement in that regard, delivering the restorative hope of, of Jesus. What do you think, gentlemen? What, what makes it so complicated? Why, why can't it just be easy? <laughs> I mean, I could probably touch bit or resonate with what Pastor Nathan said a little bit. Um, I also think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week, uh, that there's kind of this overall sort of 20-30% extra stress on everyone just because of the yeah. pandemic and everyone's a little more stressed out. And I think when we're stressed out, sometimes we will, in unhealthy ways, lash out on others around us. Sometimes those that are closest to us, even within the church. And uh, maybe we're kind of putting some of the stress in our lives w uh, on situations and relationships that shouldn't be. That might be just one aspect of it. Um, I see people post things on social media that I never thought they would post, you know, and I don't think they would post that to or say that to anyone face to face. Yeah. So maybe also sometimes the technology gets us a little brave and we're not thinking clearly, but if we were having a dialogue conversation face to face, we probably wouldn't, wouldn't say those things. Yeah, I've been very careful with what I put on social media since May. Uh, and even as I get older and wiser, because there's almost like a multiplying effect of that and stuff gets shared and it, it's very difficult to uh, do tone, right? Is this a sarcastic tone? Is this a serious tone? What's the tone of this mm. tweet? Whatever. Yeah, I, I think we can become paralyzed when it comes to loving our neighbor because we live in between expectations and justifications, right? I've got to, my, my, I'm expected to do all of these things from my neighbor because I've been called to love them as I love myself. But in the same manner, I'm like, well, I can say, you know what? the simple wave in the back end of my house, I can justify that I don't want to be bothered, so I can only assume that they don't want to be bothered. Now, I think about the, the good Samaritan, right? I think the, the Levite, the priest, right, they all had other responsibilities, and who knows what those responsibilities were. Were they having other things that they had committed to that they had to get to? And then the Samaritan comes along. And then there's a whole story that is rooted on who is my neighbor and what is the definition of this person that I'm supposed to help? And Jesus doesn't even get into the philosophical debate there. He puts it immediately into what are you doing for your neighbor? Mm -hmm. He creates mm -hmm. the neighbor. And we see that in between expectations and justifications of, of being, in a, a being a neighbor, there's a relationship that's driven. And I loved how last week, everything I felt you were saying was always coming back to be in relationship yeah. with people. And that's what really a neighbor is. Like, are you actually a neighbor? Yeah. Are you in relationship with them? If you moved away, it's what we say with our church, right? If we closed our doors today, how would the community respond? If I moved away or if a neighbor moved away, would that make a difference in their lives and in my lives? And that's a sobering question that I think should be the first one that we ask. Question for a pastor. You're working on your sermon. You're cranking away. Um, you're going, going, going. The telephone rings in your office or you get a, a text message and it's a neighbor calling and saying, pastor, I need you. The pastor. How, how does that work? I think how it's supposed to work, right? How it's supposed to work is we are able to put aside the work and go back to the, the person. And so the person is the priority in support of the people that we are called to serve. It drives us back to the purpose, to the core of, of who we're supposed to be. We have been called to be the shepherd of these people who are hurting. I think for 
for all of us being almost task-driven people. We, we get our eyes set on the thing that we're accomplishing, that sometimes we miss those God moments all around us. I'm guilty of this all the time. And it's like opening, taking the blinders off of being so laser-focused on what I was doing. Maybe it's that sermon, maybe it's, I don't know what it is for you, but opening the blinders up and saying, oh, you're right, God opened it up an opportunity for me to love and serve my neighbor right there as that phone call came in or as someone came and rang the doorbell and wanted to talk to me about something. And, and how do we step into that and be fully present uh, and not let our minds still be, well, I've got to get this conversation over with so that I can go back to the task at hand, but say, no, God opened this door for me to step into this moment and be Jesus to someone else. Yeah, I remember one time I was uh, up here on a Saturday prepping for a sermon uh, on Sunday and um, getting ready for the Sunday service, and I heard some ruckus outside the office and, or just some noises, and so I, I was like, oh, i got to get this done, but okay, I'll go check it out. And uh, there were some skateboarders, you know, skateboarders out hanging out, and uh, so I could have been like, you know, yelled at them and get out of here and uh, uh, get back to the work of really you know, loving my neighbor by writing this sermon. <laughs> right. And so I was like, yeah, this is not the, the right approach. So I went out there and I hung <laughs> out with those kids for 30 minutes, an hour, talked to them about their school, about their life, about um, St. John's yeah. and just life. And uh, I think that was important to do because that's the priority. That was the sermon that I was going to preach the next day, lived out in life. I mean, you can't mm. do that all the time. I couldn't do it 12 hours on a Saturday, but I could give it 30 minutes or an hour and reach out to my uh, neighbors that are physically right around here, and especially our youth who need to have a great impression of, of the church. Yeah. Mm. So. yeah, their idea when they see you come out of the church office, maybe here comes the pastor who's going to yell at us and tell us to be quiet and stop destroying the property. And when you are a good neighbor, right, who takes time to sit and visit with them, I, I remember when Greg Seltz uh, helped us here, and he was the Lutheran Hour speaker uh, later on. He said, guys who hit and miss preach, uh, you know, you go in, you, you have three or four sermons, you go in as a guest preacher, you do one of your three or four sermons. He said the hardest thing that we have to do is preach every Sunday. I, on, on the one hand, preaching is one of the most rewarding <laughs> parts of this. Yeah. But on the other hand, to preach every Sunday and to come up with something new, right, is is tricky. And if we're not out there loving our neighbors and doing that, like, like you said, Pastor, uh, continuing that narrative of caring for our neighbor. I, I know my preaching gets dry in a hurry. Yeah. So it I've, becomes depersonalized, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the million-dollar question this morning is, uh, why is loving your neighbor hard? And one of the things we talk about a little bit is uh, politics. And a um, lot, of, lot of questions about politics and uh, I, I do know that uh, it, it does, as I, as I mentioned earlier, when, when I preach anything politically, I get an email back. Uh, you shouldn't do this, or you should have gone farther. It's, it's typically equal, right? You, you could have gone farther without, you should tell everyone that this sin is bad. And how do we reconcile that, right? We talk a little bit about preaching. We, we live in a politically charged age. We live in an election cycle. And we're going to go into this next 75 days or whatnot of just this intense angst in America. What do you have? Is there some trepidation in, in y'all as you think about that a little bit? I know there is in me. I Keep straight to the text. Keep your mouth shut. And, and then I think of the great movements that were started from pulpits, right? It was the pastors who started great movements in, in civilization. So what do, you, what do you think? I think you, you, you talked about a sense of angst 
that is uh, almost palpable mm -hmm. in the United States today. And I wonder if that stems, and I think I've talked about this before, but it stems from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of what happens if the person I want to win the election doesn't win the election. Um, we've almost put our hope and our trust in a political system and a party rather than in mm -hmm. Jesus as our king. And I think that when we do that, of course we're trying to fight and wrestle and win at all costs, even at all costs when it costs me the loving and serving of my neighbor. Um, when when uh, we enter into a political process and a political system where, uh, where it's encouraging that kind of behavior. Yeah, and, I, and I think we're fed that, right? We are just completely saturated with everything is political. Everything is political. doesn't matter what it is. You are fed that. And I think that was like going back to last week, Deuteronomy 6, right? There's a reason you're supposed to put it on the door frames and everywhere because unless you are being fed constantly looking through the lens of Christ, looking through scripture, you're going to begin naturally to just start seeing as you've been told. Mm -hmm. I've, I've learned, I've been in different churches in different areas of the country that have different pre predominant political affiliations, you sure. know, and uh, so it's been great to see, to learn that there are Christians mm. out there who are strong Republicans. There are Christians who are strong Democrats. There are Christians who are in between. There are Christians who are even farther left and farther right, and they all bear the name of Jesus Christ, and they are all part of one family, you know, and there, but there are differences amongst the, the siblings. If your Christianity 100% matches your political system, then there probably is something wrong there. Um, so I, I heard something, it was Pastor Finke who, who, who put something out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, yeah, and good. I thought it kind of speaks into this. Um, he said, Jesus annoyed and angered every political system and party of his day because he would not fit into any of them. And he says, uh, those political parties were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, the Herodians, and the Romans. They all took their turns being threatened by Jesus because he wouldn't conform to their political goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's something, that's a, that's a word. I don't know if I agree with everything he's saying, but I like that he's probing us as Christians to think about our citizenship. Is our citizenship primarily uh, as United States of America or is it a Philippians uh, chapter 3 where it talks about our citizenship is in heaven? It, it's okay to be a part of a church and agree on Jesus Christ, but disagree on political policy. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, that, and that's, the, that's the tension that we have as, as pastors, because we get up and we speak in front of people and can't push your own agenda, can't push your own. We're, we're here to speak the text into people's lives and into all people's lives. And some people want it to say this, and some people want it to say this, but we've been called to do the, do the work and make sure that we are speaking what the truth is. And how that gets heard is going to be, you know, sometimes very different for, for people. They're going to hear certain things that you didn't intend, but they heard it. I know when I get emails, they're, they're not necessarily angry. They're like, I heard you say this. Can you please explain what you meant by this? And then I have to go back and listen to what I said, look at what I wrote and be like, okay, this is where I was driving. I totally now understand why you heard it this way. How do we move forward together on this? And, and that's part of being back into the neighbor, right? That's being in relationship. If I'm just going to get angry with everything that's being said, then I really don't want to be a neighbor, and I don't want to be in relationship with anyone. But if I'm willing to listen and willing to disagree, mm -hmm. but know who we are in Christ together, it's a whole different thing. 
it's an interesting time, that, but I like that we're having struggles because it means that we have to deal with things together mm -hmm. and we have to deal with our differences and we have to talk yeah. about them. Um, when you said listening, it reminded me of someone I said, during this time, um, there are a lot of people struggling and it's important for us to just individually, don't say big blanket statements, but what about this person? Listen to them. Yeah. And if you hear their story, you might need to lament with them and you might actually learn something from them. And it brings that loving neighbor thing from this big political thing back to my neighbor who's part of my family or my neighborhood or my church community yeah. and we love each other and listen to each other and become better for it well mm. there's great power in listening it's the, it's the it's almost presence too right i remember when we did mm. the 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 calls at the beginning of COVID. some people are like no i'm totally fine but i love that you would call me reach out to me and listen to you know what i had to say for a little bit one concern that i think i've had is as we enter into this new election cycle that's about to happen, which I'm sure probably won't look anything like the last one, right? Yes, My concern is this. Um, the rhetoric from both sides of the aisle turns half the country into your enemy. Yeah. And uh, if there's one thing I've been convicted of from the scripture, uh, from Jesus' very words, is you can't reach someone you don't love. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and how are we, we going to reach others in our in our divided nation, if I view them as someone who is my enemy, not just someone who I disagree with. And that's where your listening really comes in there. You've got to be willing to enter into those conversations with respectful dialogue and willing to hear someone else's perspective. It is really connected to loving your neighbor. I mean, these are all these issues, and it goes back. I like what you're saying there, because when you, you're also loving your neighbor, how do I love? And it goes back to loving God, loving neighbor, vertical relationship, horizontal mm -hmm. relationship. And I think it's a sanctity of human life, a holiness of human life, going back to the image of God, that every human being is created in the image of God. And God, the Father, sent his son Jesus to die for every human being. So every human being is pretty important, yeah. pretty valuable. And I think when we come at it from that context, maybe we want to listen more because if Jesus died for this person, they are very valuable, mm. right? And I think that opens us our eyes up a little bit and hopefully it can kind of get rid of some of the prejudices we have on different levels, you know, culturally, age, you know, uh, race, political affiliation, all of the differences that we have. Um, if we view each other as fellow creatures, the image of God, I think we can love each other in a different way. Yeah. There you have that beautiful point of view, right? Paul writes, is it Romans 12? Look at, don't look at one another longer uh, through the eyes of the world, but look through the eyes of, of, of Christ who said, no one should consider someone else from a worldly point of view. I think that's Romans 12. Mm. And, and I think that's really hard. You know, uh, one of the questions that was asked was, are you an American Christian or a Christian American? Man, if I'm not a Christian first, then I'm going to be tossed around by the wind and waves of politics and pandemics and whatever the circumstances. But if I'm a Christian first, uh, I, I like the way you say the words of Jesus. You follow Jesus. You're gonna, you're gonna be okay. If we see ourselves as American first, we intrinsically go to those American institutions to learn how to love and serve our neighbor, sure. not to Jesus and not to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, um, I'm gonna check by my political party to see whether I should love and serve that person rather than go to see what Jesus has to tell me. And I think there's a radical difference with two radically different implications that happen in our lives when we do that. I know, huh? 
That's a, this it's a tough heavy. one. It's yeah. heavy. It is. And I'm telling you, every time, and, and I pretty much write my sermons out, right? I, I, I don't preach off an outline. I write them down. And part of it is I write it down because I'll be sure what I'm saying. And people will say, I laugh. People say, oh, it was a good sermon. You didn't even look at your uh, notes. I'm like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I got to look at my notes so I don't go, you know, yeah. I don't go crazy speaking. But I think it's a powerful responsibility uh, to preach the word of God, right? Not the political stuff, but the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ mm. to, to God's people. And you guys all do a good job. Everyone's different. Uh, Nathan, I love your style. You, you tell some stories, but you're really strong with the scriptures. Pastor Mike, sometimes you're like a teacher. I'll never forget. I, I know it was about five years ago. You had a rough week. It's like you had three funerals and a wedding. And I'm like, how in the world is he going to get up and preach? And you just broke the text. I mean, I can still see you in the pulpit. You broke the text down. You did this exegetical service. Fantastic. And then Trevor's kind of like the, 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 the young guy who comes across with lots of uh, feeling and emotion. But again, you love those Psalms. You come back to those all the time. And, and you do that. And then me, I like to come across as a little bit of an encourager, right? That, that's part of my giftedness. One of the blessings of serving on such a fine pastoral team is that everyone comes at it in a different way. And uh, I don't like to be controlling of that. If, if you've got something that, that in the context of your life that applies to the word uh, that you're preaching, then by all means, you know, bring, it, bring that to bear. Because the chances are if you're going through something, that angst that we feel, that our people are... Are feeling that too. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you want to have we kind of think about? I've got 500 other questions here, but if you could kind of give our people, like you wrap up your message and you say, here's the, here's the nugget I'd like to leave. We, what, would you, what would you like to leave our, our people with as we kind of wind this conversation, this conversation down? Well, I think uh, I, was drawn to, and I was drawn to this verse from Revelation a while ago, back in May. And maybe that should guide our life here and now. And uh, it says, a great multitude, Revelation 7, 9, a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne Mm -hmm. and before the Lamb. And uh, just another reminder of the sanctity of all human life and uh, the great variety of people that we will be spending eternity with um, worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus. And so maybe that image and picture can guide us here and now as we think about loving our neighbors yeah. in the midst of a uh, charged season of yeah. our life together. So, <laughs> A charged season for sure, for sure. Pastor, what do you, what do you think? What do you want to leave, your, leave our hearers with this morning? I think the words of Jesus resonate with us in this time. Um, Greater love has Mm. no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And I think uh, reminding ourselves that every vocation we have, uh, being a parent, being a worker, being a student, being a teacher, wherever you are, wherever God has you, is an opportunity to lay down your life for the sake of others. And uh, it's, it's not an easy thing. And on our own, we will fail. But we have the Holy Spirit of the living God living inside of each of us who is opening those doors for us constantly. But those are pretty good. Unscrew and drop. Yeah, just mic drop right there, huh? That was pretty good. You guys both. What about you, Pastor? Yeah. Oh, man. I 
I have the benefit of being old. I used to be the young guy, now I'm the old guy. I used to do all the weddings, now I do the funerals. And uh, looking through life the lens of Christ. Looking through people at the lens of Christ. Looking at myself through the lens of Christ. Instead of Republican or Democrat or anarchist or whatever, first I'm a Christian. And that levels the playing field. Uh, I, I love to, uh, Pastor Mike, you brought us back to, to the scriptures there. And this one too from Galatians chapter 3, 26, uh, 27, 28, 29. And when, when people ask me how I see people and maybe a little bit of race, right? How I see racial stuff and racial tension. This is the scripture I always come back to. Your one in, Romans se- in uh, Revelation 7 is powerful, right? All nations, all tribes, all nations. And, and until that day comes, right, how do, we, how do we look and view our neighbor? And this is, uh, yeah, Galatians three twenty six through the end of the chapter. You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All of the stuff about how we get along, I think, is rooted in that, rooted in the gospel, which means we make allowances for one another, which I think we've talked about a little bit this morning, and, and that when we're criticized or pushed, that instead of getting our backs up, we maintain composure and speak the, the word of God to the people of God. You are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. A marvelous, marvelous piece of reality that is. Yeah. Would you do this again? And let our people do it? They, they loved it. Uh, but we can sure come back and, and, and revisit some of this stuff. And I hope uh, as, as you watch these videos, you find out your pastors are accessible. And uh, thoughtful, thoughtful leaders of the faith. Certainly uh, a, a richness in who they are and what they're, they're all about. Again, it's a pleasure to serve with with these fine gentlemen and to be a part of a team that cares so deeply about uh, who we are and, and what we do. So should we leave it there? Are you good? Anything else for the sake of a, a good order? Let's, let's leave it there and maybe close with the word of prayer and see, uh, see how it goes this week. Father God, you uh, tell us that when we stand up and speak your word, we are your instruments. We are uh, those who speak the very words of God. And none of us takes that uh, lightly. Each one of us feels the weight of that office, the weight of that responsibility. And pray for uh, my brother pastors today and for all of us, uh, th- those pastors throughout the nation and the world, whether it's in a hut in Kenya, uh, a, a quiet hotel room in Vietnam, or uh, a big exuberant church that yearns to get back uh, together. Visit us with your grace that we may be a, both a calming agent and a sending agent in our neighborhoods and communities. Put those words of Jesus, his hope, his gospel in our hearts and on our lips and let us give expression to how we care for our neighbor. Uh, Lord, today's a, a new day. Uh, we look forward to, to school getting rolling this week and to all that goes with that and uh, pray your hand of grace upon us. Thanks again, Lord, for an opportunity to have a conversation. And for those who will watch and those who will see, pray you'd strengthen their hearts towards love for you and for neighbor. All this we gather and pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Amen.